0: Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen. Get your Bibles out, 2 Kings. We're going to unpack this passage of scripture. And this isn't just a grad message. I believe it's applicable for today. But I believe it's for all of us, myself included, especially myself. And I believe that God wants to reveal some things to us today today. And just that perhaps it, maybe it's a reminder, perhaps it's, it's just maybe, maybe you might even hear some of this for the first time, but it's for everybody. And so please don't check out and think this is just a, a grad uh, future message purpose. It's really for all of us. So let's go back to that passage of Scripture. I'm going to spend some time now unpacking it because I think there's just some super powerful truths in here. And so in 2 Kings thirteen fourteen, we saw that Elisha, see, here's the thing, Elisha hadn't been heard from for a while. And so he's absent in the Scripture for a great span of time, and it's because the kings of the day didn't engage with him. And oh, is not it not sad when we don't engage with God? And so now we see why the children of Israel were in the position they're in. Because they left God out of their life. And that never goes well when we do that. And so all of a sudden, now here's a young man seeing what his dad and those that went before him have done and the oppression of his people, and he really has a desire to change that. And so he goes again to the man of God, instead of summoning him to come to him. What a great principle right there that, you know what? We need to constantly be in pursuit of God. He's not hiding from us or keep going, but sometimes we drift away or we go a different direction and we need to redirect and get after God because we need Him. And I believe what, what Elijah, uh, Elisha rather, is, is saying here in the midst of this, he's telling him, listen, the victories that had been won in the past, not through the kings that he just followed, but in the past did not come by natural means. And this is what the young man's acknowledging. He knows, and by saying that, he goes, I know this is by the Spirit of God and the Word of God spoken through you. And the reason why people, the kings before him, have not done well is because they tried to do it in their own strength. And it has left them broken, defeated, oppressed, depressed, and tired. And he is determined, really within his heart, to change it. And so is going to take the moment. Elisha sees a moment because remember, he is close to dying. And this young man, young king, comes to Elisha and he says, Listen, he's crying. I think part of it, he's afraid that Elisha's going to pass away. And then who's he going to have? to help him, if you will, give him counsel, but he's also overwhelmed with the pressure and the enemies and the responsibility he has. How many guys, how many of you have never, how, how, many, how many of you have sometimes have felt you are unprepared for what you're stepping into? Yeah. Come on, parents, <laughs> parents, right? Like, we think we're prepared for having kids. I mean, read all the books, I went to all the classes and stuff, and then you have them. It's like, I don't know anything. But you know what, so here's the thing, he he feels so unprepared and God has always provision for us. And so Elisha's like, you know what, and I can see Elisha putting his arm around him, you know what son, it's okay, I'm I'm not going to be here, but this isn't about me, this is about God, and so I'm going to teach you a lesson that, that can stay with you and help you the rest of your life. And in fact, this isn't about natural things to be honest, this isn't about winning natural battles, this is about winning a spiritual battle. And so let me teach you something. And this is what I'd say to grads today. Let the word teach us something, teach you something today that if you'll grab a hold of it and walk in it, will stay with you the rest of your life and help you walk in victory throughout situations of your life. And so there's a spiritual lesson he wants to address here. And, and so um, let's go back, let's start in verse 16. Can we jump ahead just to 16 again? We don't need to read 14, 15. Take the bow in your hand. So he talks about get the bow, get some arrows. Take the bow in your hands, he said to the king of Israel. And when he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Verse 17 says, open the east window. We'll get to that in a minute. And he said, and he opened it and shoot. Now notice all along the way, the prophet is telling the young king, which is always interesting, kind of giving the king orders, but he's teaching him something. He's like, you go get some bow. You get a bow. You grab some arrows. You take the bow. You open the window and you shoot. You take the shot. Can I tell you, we want God to have, do everything for us and he's waiting for you to make the move. He's expecting you to do something. He's expecting you, so when you go to God and you've already experienced this and you want him to move and you want his comfort, he's gonna give you instruction. I've already provided all that. He's going to point you back to the word that tells you what to do. You just need to do it, which is always interesting to me because it's like we want God either to do it for us or we want him to tell us something we don't already know. And God says, if you just will do what you already know to do, you have enough. And so he's teaching this young man that if you'll learn to do these things and what God's telling you to do, you will find victory. Open the east window. And he opened it. Shoot, Elisha said. And you can almost see, Elisha's about 100 to 110 right now. You can almost feel the excitement. Shoot, he said. And he shot. He did it. And Elisha yells out, the Lord's arrow of victory. The arrow of victory over Aram. The Lord's arrow of victory. All the guy did was shoot the arrow. And Elisha's like, hey, that's the Lord's arrow of victory. And it's flying over Aram right now. It's flying over addiction. It's flying over depression. It's flying over brokenness. It's flying over chaos. It's flying over, come on, you get the picture? The Lord's arrow of victory is flying over whatever that you're facing and struggling with in your life. Lord's arrow of victory. It's God's victory. but man has to do his part. Arrow of victory over fear, maybe doubt, depression, sickness. And now the king Jehoash uh, came, to, uh, he came to a very difficult time, a very terrible time. And all Israel had known for a while's d- defeat and oppression And he stepped into the situation again beyond his ability. And so he finds himself there in the midst of all this pressure, weeping. And then he gets these instructions. And really what I I, I think that uh, Elisha is saying to him is uh, this. Hey, get a bow, get some arrows. He's saying this, stop weeping and start working. (laughs) You know, there comes a time that you just got to get up and do what God is telling you to do. I don't mean to be insensitive to the hurts out there. There's real hurts and real pains, but you can't live there. And, and I know, when Pastor. You say, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going. I don't, but I know what the answer is. And Elisha is saying, at some point in time, young king, you got to stop weeping and worrying about everything around about you, and you got to start working. You got to do the things God has called you to do, told you to do, because that's your only way out. That's your only way out. Stop weeping. Start working. Get your bow. Get your arrows. And I love, this, I love this picture here because we, don't, we can't imagine, perhaps, and with our imagination, we'll try what that might look like. But get your bow and get your arrows. I don't know if they, he went down to the armory. I, 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 what I really picture here is this moment where, where Elisha, the prophet, is saying, get your bow and get your arrows. And I think what he's, what he's saying to the king is, get something that's within reach. There's something already around you that he can use. And I think that's key for you and I, because we're like, well, I need to go over here and get that, and I need, to, I need more training for this and that, and I need a bunch of people to come and help me do this and that, and I, I'm just not really equipped to, to do that, and I need, I, I need to go here to the armory, and, I need, and, and, and all really God needs is for you to do something that you already have with what you already have. What's in your hand? What's right here around you? But we talk ourselves, I don't have this, and I don't have that, and God's like, why do you need any more than me and what's right around you? Because what's right around you is enough with God, amen? And so he grabs what's right around him. Everything you need for victory is within your reach. And Elisha is going to teach this young king something while there's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for Elisha to teach him something. It's an opportunity for the king to learn something. He is seizing the opportunity. Don't miss your opportunity, grads. Don't miss your opportunity right now. Don't miss your opportunity to press into God. Because once you get out to where you're going this new season, it's going to be chaos at at times, perhaps. Don't miss your opportunity to make some commitments. Don't miss your opportunity to develop some new habits. Don't miss your opportunity right now. Seize the moment. Seize your opportunity. It's a great lesson for this young king because it will stay with him the rest of his life, or should. It's as if Elisha was saying, you better learn now while you're young. Aren't there things that you wish you would've learned while you were young? Come on, anybody that's older, whatever you want to put that age in. Are there things I wish I would've learned? My mom, uh, growing up uh, way back in the day when we were in, living in Indiana, uh, she was a piano teacher. Well, she taught lessons at the house. And she would always wanna try and teach my brother and I piano, and we were like, no, I don't wanna do piano, I don't wanna learn piano. Can I tell you, I would kill to be able to learn piano right now. But I can't sit down, I don't have the patience, and I, don't, you know, I can't sit down. I quit guitar when I was younger, and I wish I could play the guitar. Come on, I'm fixing to go to Mexico, and instead of just speaking song lyrics, I'd love to be able to preach in Spanish. But I had Spanish years ago, but it's hard at 51 to learn Spanish now. And so, we're teaching kids, and you're saying this all the time, you're saying, listen, trust me, you need to learn that now. You'll thank me when you're older. (laughs) And so, he's telling this young king, I'm telling you, young king, you need to learn this now. Take the opportunity. Seize the moment. Learn it while you can. Because if you have an opportunity to learn something now at 20… 18, 19, 20, you won't have to Google it when you're 50. Come on, right? If we could just go back and turn back time and learn a few things. Let's take a look at verse 16 again. It says this in verse 16. Take the bow in your hands, he said, king of Israel, and he had taken it. Elisha put his hands on his hands to guide him. Again, I, I just feel like this part of me wants to just keep reiterating to you, trust the hands of God. Trust the hands of God. Keep your hands in his, hand, in his hands. Don't pull him away. See, and then take action. Because that's what he's trying to get him to do. It's not, he's not just holding his hands in a sense of consoling him. He's trying to show him what to do with the bow. He's trying to show him what to do with all that. And he's saying, take action. Take the shot. See, you're not blessed according to the word of God that you hear, but the word of God that you take action with. It's being a doer of the word that releases the power of God in your life. And so we need to make sure that we are people that take action. See, God's not just a God of instruction. He's a God of action. And that's the problem a lot of times. We just want more and more and more instruction, and we're not even using or doing or taking action with the knowledge we already know. And there comes a point in time where God's going to say, listen, you don't need anymore. You're not doing anything with what you already know. And we're not any different with that with our own kids. If you're telling them to do something and you're giving them something and they come and want more, the first thing you ask is, well, what'd you do with what I gave you last time? Oh, okay, you did that? Okay, yeah, well, here's more. If not, I'm not gonna give you more till you use what I gave you. Well, God's saying, hey, he's a God of action. He wants you to do something with what he's given you. He said, so get your bow, get your arrows, and let's go to work. So Elisha told the king to open the window. I love that imagery right there because if you can imagine this place of the king and where he's living, enough to bring him to the point of of tears, bring him to the point of just fear, where it's either he's afraid when he leaves, what's he gonna do without him? I don't know what to do. Enemies on every side. And then all of a sudden, what does God tell him through the prophet? He says, open a window. Here's what I believe that says. Listen, quit looking at your limitations. Quit looking at your boundaries. Quit looking and staring at the walls and all you see is boundaries and limitations because God has a way out. God has an open window. God will show you beyond your boundaries and limitations if you just let him. He says, King, get your eyes off of the walls that are boundaries and limitations and look out beyond those and look into I what's ahead of you? We've got to get our eyes off the limitations and the boundaries around us that we've been staring at. Look beyond the walls. Look beyond the barriers. Look beyond the limitations. You have to see beyond the barriers to see your victory. Open the window. You have to see beyond to see your victory. He, he says, open the east window and shoot an arrow. He, he told him to shoot an arrow. Listen, he told him to shoot an arrow east window because east was the direction that Aram was. So he's, he's being very specific. Open the east window, because that's where your enemy is. And that's what I want you to deal with. That's what I want you to address. And so he opens the east window, shoots an arrow out there in the direction of Aram. <clears throat> and Elisha says, open the window that faces your enemy. Get your bow, get your arrows, shoot your arrow over Aram. Because he wants him to do something. And then he tells him, remember, when he shoots the arrow. That's the Lord's arrow of victory. That's the Lord's arrow of victory, and He's going to defeat your enemies. And so, what He's trying to get uh, the king to do is to this: to understand that the battle that hasn't even begun yet, but the prophet wants him to see the victory before the fight starts. The prophet. Wanted. The man of God wanted the king to see the victory even before the fight started. So he says, open the window where your enemy is, shoot the arrow, which is the Lord's arrow of victory, and God will defeat your enemies. And then he wants them to celebrate a victory that hasn't even been fought yet. He wants them to see him differently. Oh, if we would see like that. How many battles are we facing? How many battles are, we can't see beyond the battle, the walls in front of us? Enough to be able to see, God always opens a window, He has a way out, wants us to address the enemy and then celebrate a victory, then we haven't even fought the battle yet. My word says, God goes before us fighting our battles. Amen, The battle belongs to the, the Lord. Let's take a look in verse 17. Can we take a look at verse 17? It says this, "Open the east window, He opened it. Shoot," He said, "The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram. Celebrate!" celebrate victory over the enemy that you haven't even fought a battle with yet. Elisha's saying, I want you to see this. I want you to see this. Now, it's interesting because Elisha's trying to teach the king something about seeing something before it happened. And celebrating something before it happened, but we're trained to celebrate something after it happened. We don't celebrate victories until after or if we have even have a victory. And I was thinking about that going back, and I think if you have a victory, any victory, small victory, big victory, celebrate it. You don't know when one's coming around again, right? My uh, family, we were invited by a family over to their house for dinner about two weeks ago, and, and they have a daughter about Camry's, uh, Camry's age. Camry graduated this year. Her and her mom are in Mexico already getting ready, stuff ready for the trip, and just a couple days early. And so we were over there, and uh, I don't know how the subject came up, but the family that we went to eat with, the dad, um, he and I went to high school. We played high school baseball together. He was a year ahead of me. There's two other guys here that go to church. We all played high school baseball at the same time together. So we always talk baseball on the glory days, right? Guys sitting around talking about the glory days, right, when I played and all that kind of stuff. And so our daughters, Camry and his daughter were just kind of making fun of us a little bit. And so his daughter said, yeah, my dad pulls out his photo album every time he gets a chance, right? And he wants to sit down and, hey, guys, come see, take a look at this. And I know what that's like. And, and I said, well, we just moved, well, about a year ago, but my, my album's in a box in the garage and, and, the, and the girl says, oh, no, no, my dad, he can get it for you right now. Hey, dad, why don't you go get it right now? And he's like, yeah, I'll get it right now. <clears throat> I went home and got mine out. I've missed you. Where have you been? And so now, now I got to explain something here because the younger generation has no idea what a photo album is, right? seriously, right? It's one of those big books like this, and you open it up, and you got to peel back that little plastic film thing, right? You got to peel it all the way back. Then you put your pictures or your newspaper clippings that are now yellow and faded. You can't read them. That's okay. I got them all memorized. And then you fold that, that back over there. And it's so funny to me because we, we like to celebrate the victories that we've had in our past. And that's nothing wrong with that because it encourages you. It makes you feel good and all that. And sometimes you need that to go forward. But here what Elisha is teaching something extremely important to us, we need to learn to celebrate a victory we haven't even fought a battle for yet. We need to celebrate the victories in front of us, not what's behind us. So he's teaching, hey, king, young king, if you can get this and you can learn at your age, learn it now because you'll need it to celebrate the victories before the battle has even started, then it will go well with you. I think it's important for us to understand that principle because we get so caught up in the past and we need to understand what God's doing out in front of us. And so Elisha was not telling the king uh, to look back on a battle. He was telling the king to look forward to a battle as if it had already been won. Looking at battles as if they've already been won. Look beyond the barrier or limitations and see your victory. See, you have to see it in order to seize it. Let me say it this way. You have to see it to see it. Now, that sounds a little confusing, but let me explain. And I'll explain it by one of the most powerful scriptures on faith in the Bible because, hey, we're people of faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. We believe that here at Tree of Life. I mean, we're here because of faith. And so, take a look at Hebrews 11.1. Here's what the word says. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You have to see it before you see it. See your victory, King. See your victory, grads. See yourself according to what God has spoken already over your life. See your marriage restored. See yourself healed. See your teen walking with the Lord and coming back. See yourself overcoming. See yourself free from an addiction. You gotta see it before you see it. Amen? Come on, somebody. Who knows what I'm talking about? You gotta see it before you see it. You celebrate the victory because of what God said. Sometimes you got to see freedom while you're still in bondage. Sometimes you got to see healing while you're still sick. And sometimes you got to see restoration while you're still broken. And sometimes you got to see joy while you're still weeping. And I'm thinking about when Jesus was in the garden the day that he was going to be taken and falsely accused and go to the cross, he knew what was in front of him. He could see the cross. And so what happened was in this time of prayer and this wrestling within himself, he's so much stress and pressure and strain, he's... The Bible says he's sweating great drops of blood, and at some point in time, he calls out to God, if there's another way, because I can see the cross. But then he says, nonetheless, not my will, but your will. And the Bible says, but because of the joy set before him, you know what that means? Is while he was seeing himself hanging on the cross, he was seeing beyond that to the resurrection coming up out of that tomb. Amen. Hey, listen, 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 believers, Christ followers. Hey, we just don't look at death. We look at the resurrection beyond that. Amen. We don't see that death in front of us. We see the resurrection. Hey, when we're hanging on the cross, if you will, we got to see the resurrection that's coming. Amen. And so he's saying, young king, you got to learn this. You got to see it before you see it. And if you learn this now, it'll help you. So here's the deal. You got to see your victory and praise him like you've already won. See, you know what Elisha was saying is, I, I, I see the Lord's arrow fi- flying over that situation. That's we got. I see the Lord's arrow flying over my situation. I see the Lord's arrow flying over my marriage, my body, my finances, my relationships. See, here's the deal. Really, everybody's got an Aram. Everybody. Everybody has something going on in life. That's just, we're on a fallen, broken world and we're imperfect people. Everybody has something going on. So we need to see our victory. But we also need to find our focus. And I think that's very important too because we need to know, we need to ask God, what window are we supposed to be shooting out of? What enemy are we supposed to be, what battle are we supposed to be fighting? Because here's the reality, a lot of us are wasting energy and we're being overwhelmed by circumstances and situations because we're fighting battles that don't even pertain to our purpose. And we're getting wore out and we're getting broke and we're getting depressed and we're getting defeated for things that we've been fighting and battling that don't have anything to do with our destiny or why God even put us on the planet. If you ask him, he'll tell you what window to open. If you ask him, he'll aim you in the right direction. See, because we're wandering around out here and all this stuff is happening and we're doing it and God just has to be up there. What are you doing? It's not that window, it's this window. If you just will ask me or listen rather to me, I'll aim you in the right direction in line with your purpose. You were not equipped to be fighting that battle. I've equipped you for this one. You're not equipped to be walking out. That's somebody else's purpose. That's not yours. So maybe we need to stop. Grads, you need to stop now if you haven't already and seize the opportunity and ask God to aim you in the direction of your purpose before society does, before colleges and universities do, before job markets do, before anything, stock market, anything else. You need to ask God to aim you in the right direction. What window do you have for me, God? Where do I need to go? Because we may be fighting battles that don't even line up with our purpose, which window should we open and shoot through God? See, everyone in here also has an Aram, and everyone in here has an arrow. Are you focusing on your Aram? Are you focusing on your arrow? See, if you look at how big the enemy is, you'll lose strength, you'll lose heart, lose courage. Aram is the problem, but the arrow is the promise. Aram is the problem, but the arrow is the power. It's God's power. God's power. It's God's arrow. So, where does God want you to win? What window does he want you to open and shoot through? See, understand, Aram wasn't the only enemy. They were pressed on all sides. Hey, because when they're down, everybody's trying to take advantage of Israel now. He's got enemies surrounding Him on all sides. So, we need to aim our life in the direction of our purpose. Aim at something that is blocking you from fulfilling what God has for you. So Elisha says, shoot out the east window. God, show me that right window. So he says, okay, get a bow, get some arrows, open the window and shoot. And when he shot the arrow out the window, he promised him victory. See your victory and find your focus or fight your fight. And really, Jehoash, the real fight, honestly, really wasn't against Aram out the east window. Let's take a look at what it really is at. Look at what Elisha said next, 2 Kings 18, continuing our story. Then he said... Take the arrows. So he tells him, the man of God tells the king, take the arrows. Remember, go get your bow and some arrows. The king went and grabbed them. Take your arrows, and the king took them. Elisha told him, strike the ground. He struck it three times and stopped. He struck it three times and stopped. Now he wasn't given exact instructions other than take the arrows, that we know it's plural, and strike the ground. Now listen to this in the next verse. The man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it, but now you only defeated it three times. And to which we'd almost feel a little sorry for the king right now. And says, well, he didn't know. I mean, I mean I've mean, i heard people say, well, well, if God wanted him to strike it five or six times, why didn't he tell him to strike it five or six times? And I would submit to you it's because God expects us to do something in trusting him. And we all know this. That we go as far in God as we will go as far in God. How bad, how much of God do you want? How much of God, how much of your life do you want to give to God? You determine. So, He leaves us with the opportunity and the ability to determine how much of Him we're gonna walk in. How much of Him are we gonna trust? How much of Him are we gonna believe? I expected it to be really silent like it is right now. Because that's a, that's a tough one. I agree with that one. Because I had to ask myself that question. So really, the king's battle wasn't with Aram out the east window. It was within himself. He had to fight that battle first. So this is interesting to me because he didn't tell him to, to hit the ground five or six times. He just, he just told him to strike the ground, meaning you're going to determine how this is going to happen. How much of this is going to happen in your life. You determine that. Nobody else keeps you from the things of God. The devil doesn't keep you from the things of God or walking in them. You determine that. And then people will say this, well, if I was him, I would have struck it 15 to 20 times. Why did not he do that? Now, I'm going to submit this to you, and I can't prove this theologically, but I believe it's implied this way. I believe it's this way. I believe when he grabbed a handful of arrows and he shot one, I believe the man of God looked to see how many arrows were left in his hand. And said, use what you, strike the ground with what you have in your hand. I mean, if this is the arrow of God, then this is the arrow of God. And then this is the arrow of God. And this is the arrow of God. And this is the arrow of God. And this is the arrow of God. Hey, they're all arrows of God. They're all the Lord's victory. How many victories do you want to walk in? I believe he was saying, why didn't you use what you had in your hand until it's completed? Why hold on to the victory and keep it in your grasp instead of releasing it to God? And I would say this to you and I, why are we holding on to things? Why are we letting, not letting God have everything? Are you in or are you not in? Are you just trying to be compliant or are you trying to be committed? Why are we walking away from battles with victory still in our hands when we haven't even won the war? And here's what happened. Unfortunately, that king ended up only winning three battles, but Aram still rose up and defeated him at some point. But God promised he would utterly destroy him. Yeah, but he needs you to trust him. Do you trust God with all of it? Then why hold on to any of it? Well, maybe he didn't understand that. Well, what's to understand? Strike the ground with the arrows. Use what you got. Some of us are not even, and maybe, maybe, maybe for this, maybe he grabbed six arrows, and maybe he's looking at six arrows, and he struck the ground three times, I believe that's what he had left in his hand, and he's like, why didn't you strike at five or six? You had five or six arrows in your hand. Why did you only go halfway with God? Why are you only half in? Why are you going to trust Him with your eternity and not trust Him with your finances? Why, Why aren't you going all in with everything? Well, he didn't explain it to me. What does God have to explain? Well, I didn't exactly know. What do you have to know other than God said? Well, I wasn't really sure how. What do you mean? Do you trust him or do you not trust him? I mean, he's God. Why are you holding on to stuff? Release it. Take the shot. Take the shot. Take the shot. Take aim and then take action. We don't need to go. God, we, we don't want to go halfway with God. He didn't go halfway with you and hey, I'm preaching to myself right here. I don't want everyone to leave this stage going halfway or half-hearted. we got to go all in. Grads, seize this opportunity. Go all in. Before you embark on whatever this next season of God has for you, learn right now what we're talking about. Go all in. Be committed to the plans and purposes of God. You don't have to know everything, understand everything. All you have to know, He's God. You know, I look at that passage of Scripture, and we heard the prophet say to the king, get a bow, get the arrows, take the bow, open the window, shoot the arrow, strike the ground. But we never, ever heard him say, stop. Never. Why are we stopping? Why are we quitting? Why are we giving up? He never told us to do that. He stops striking. I believe this, that God is all in and committed to us, and he's asking the same. Here's what is interesting to me. Guys, if we can go to, I think, verse 19. Verse 19. 19. It says, the man of God was angry with him, and look at, and said, look at this, these next words. Next three words. What does it say? You should have. Anybody with some age on them, isn't that the worst feeling? I mean, why do we live with so many regrets? The you should have's in life. I mean, I can think back at 51, or I should have done this, or I should have trusted him there, or I should have done this, and I should, and I look back and I say, God, forgive me for that. Don't let me be that man now, but I still fall in that. And I, yeah. Grads, don't look back and have all these you should have's. Go all in. Because isn't it not true? Anybody that knows what I'm talking about, come on, can I get a little help here for all these grads? Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Don't live with you should Don't live with you should-haves. Use everything he's given you. Everything. But look at this. Verse 20. Now look at verse 20. And Elisha died and was buried. You know what's really sad about the end of this story right here? The window of opportunity closed. He couldn't go back to the man of God. The man of God tried to teach him something. But it was up to him so here's what I would say to every one of us but especially you guys seize the moment take a hold of the opportunity don't miss your opportunity storms don't last forever and we're thankful but you know what? opportunities don't last forever either you gotta take advantage of them take action don't stop short don't go half-hearted don't quit don't stop till it comes don't stop until it comes to pass take aim take action take the shot Your God is fighting for you. You have the Lord's arrow of victory. Amen. Take the shot. Don't stop. God is a faithful God. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.